Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Today's message is, I am the door and the good shepherd. Now, here's Pastor Chris. Good morning, everybody. How are you all doing? Glad to be here today. All right. Let's begin with prayer. God, as we now begin to dive into the scriptures, be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. There once was a young man who was driving down the road. He was in a very nice Porsche 911 Carrera. No top. Convertible. And as he was driving down, he saw a shepherd with his many sheep. He's rather smart. So he thought, huh, I wonder if I could get this guy to give me a sheep. Why he wanted a sheep, I have no idea. But he he drives up to the shepherd, and he asks, hey, if I accurately guess how many sheep you have, can I have one of them? The shepherd thought about it, and he said, okay. So, The kid pulls out his uh, phone. He's able to somehow coordinate, being able to look over and see and basically ascertain how many sheep were in this area with the shepherd. And he came up with the number, 1,586 sheep. The shepherd said, hmm, you're correct. Well, a deal's a deal. I'll give you one of my sheep. So the kid gets out of his car. He already had his Armani suit. He didn't want to get dirty. So he gets in the back. He pulls out a blanket. He takes the blanket, wraps it around a sheep, pulls it out, puts it in the back seat, gets in his car. He dusts himself off. He adjusts his Ray-Bans. And just as he's about to put the car in gear, the shepherd asks, tell you what, If I guess your profession, will you return my animal to me? Kid thought about it. Sure, absolutely. Why not? So, shepherd says, you're an IT consultant. Young man says, how do you know? Very simple. First, you came here without being called. Secondly, you charged me a fee to tell me something I already knew. And thirdly, you don't understand anything about my business. And finally, can you please give me my dog back? (laughs) Shepherds. Shepherds live a very hard existence. So much so that I think a lot of us are unappreciative of how much, how hard they have worked, especially over in the years. And as we look to the scriptures, today we're going to talk about Jesus being the door or the gate in some versions, and as well, especially the good shepherd. So I am the door and the good shepherd. Now, in chapter 10, we find that Jesus is talking with the Pharisees and even the Jews. We don't know exactly where they're at, but we also know that it's, in the, it's on the Sabbath because the, the, the previous chapter talks about where Jesus heals a man who was blind. He was on his way, and the disciples asked, Rabbi, who who sinned? And this man who had been blind 
Jesus responds with, no one has sinned, but that this essentially is going to be, glory to God is going to be, is going to happen today. And so he gets on the ground, he spits on the ground, and with saliving, mixing the saliva with the mud, he makes a little paste and he puts it on the guy's eyes and he tells him to go to the pool of Siloam. And the Sarah, the pool of Siloam, which Siloam also means scent, he washes his eyes and for the first time in his life, he can finally see. Praise the Lord. And he comes back and everybody realizes it's him. He'd been blind probably his whole life. And no, it's, it's our neighbor. And when the Pharisees and the Jews see them, rather than exclaiming joy, what do they do? They interrogate him. How did this happen? Who did this? Did Jesus do this? And it's here now in chapter 10 that we find that Jesus starts to talk. So he says, Therefore Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and doesn't own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and he runs away. And then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this pen. I must bring them also. They, too, will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it back up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. So here Jesus describes himself that he is the gate, he's the door, he's the entryway to safety. And as we're going to look at, salvation. And yet he also explains too that Jesus is also the good shepherd. And like a good shepherd, like we had studied previously in Luke 15, the good shepherd looks out for the sheep, goes after, finds it, goes to the end of the earth if need be. But here in John, we're going to look at how the shepherd protects and guards the sheep. Now, one of the things that we know is as a good shepherd, the good shepherd knows his sheep by name. Even earlier in, in verses, uh, first couple verses, I, I didn't get a chance. I kind of changed my mind. So I, this isn't in uh, the screen, but if you have it in chapter 10, it says, Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who doesn't enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs, climbs in by some other way is what? A thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought them out all on his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. 
They will not follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And so Jesus, he uses this figure of speech. But the Pharisees, Pharisees don't understand what he's trying to get at. So the shepherd, he knows every sheep. In fact, he calls them by name. Names are important. Uh, there's, a, there's a story told, I believe, Luan Olias tells of a story where back in the 1960s there were some individuals who uh, lived in the San Francisco area and became very expensive, and so they chose to move to Santa Cruz. They, they lived a more alternative, different lifestyle than most at the time. And when uh, fall came around, it was time for their kids to go to school. And so in the kindergarten, they would send their kids... They would write their names, and their names were a little different, maybe Moonbeam or August or Omega or Sunshine. And one particular kid, on his name tag, it wrote Fruit Stand. And everybody kind of thought, what kind of name is Fruit Stand? Well, they went in, he, they continued. As the day went on, the boy's name stuck out a little bit, but eventually it kind of became just like everyone else, Heather and Ray. So they would ask, Fruit Stand, would you like to play with the blocks? Or Fruit Stand, would you, would you like a snack? Sometimes he would accept it hesitantly. And then finally, at the end of the day, the first day when it was time to dismiss everybody, they went out to the buses and the teacher asked Fruit Stand, Fruit Stand, do you know where your bus is? And he didn't respond, which was kind of strange. In fact, he really hadn't responded at all that whole day. So she took his name tag, looked at it, flipped it over to see where the bus, sta- the bus uh, stopped because they'd inst- on the front side, write the child's name, and on the back, write the place where they're to be picked up. And on the back was the name Anthony. And his name tag had been flipped over. So instead of being picked up at Anthony, he was supposed to be picked up at Fruit Stand. And the kid had put his poor name tag on backwards. Names. Names are important because when we hear our name called, we know. Especially, for instance, if you're at Target or Walmart and you've been out trying to gallivant, maybe trying to hide from your mom or dad. And when, they, when, you hear, when you hear your mom's name and it's stern, you will go fast. Amen? And even two. So when, when I get home from work, okay, I'll come in maybe around two, three, or four, whatever it may be. I walk in and Jackson is usually on the couch. He's waiting for both Lisa and I to get home. And when we get home, he'll see, he'll, he'll hear the garage door go up. He'll get excited. He'll start to bark and everything. And then I walk in, and he just looks at me, thinking maybe I'll give him a snack. And then he'll go back to the couch. But around 5.30, 6 o'clock, when Lisa gets back and he hears the garage door go up, all of a sudden he's barking, he's yapping, because he's excited because he knows that Lisa is home. And when she walks in the door, she calls out, Jackson, all of a sudden, unlike me, he's dancing, he's prancing, he wants to pot her in the face. So I really know my status in that uh, (laughs) pecking order. But he knows that he is loved because Lisa loves him and she'll feed him all kinds of treats and he'll be excited. And as soon as he hears his voice from her, 
He'll pounce up. He'll get excited and he'll run to her. Names. Names are important. One thing is why I, uh, I did a Google search on popular celebrities and who has a lot of kids. So, uh, Marlon Brando, the godfather, he has 15 kids. Muhammad Ali, 11 kids. And uh, Eddie Murphy, the guy who plays Donkey and Shrek, has 10 kids. Now, I'm the oldest of four. And my mom and dad a couple times too, when we were younger, my mom would get our names mixed up. Not so much actually for me and my brother, but especially with my sisters. So sometimes she would call Brianna, Trisha, and Trisha, Brianna, and sometimes, accidentally, my mom would invoke the dog's name. So, names. Names are important. To have that many kids, sometimes you probably get the names mixed up. But Jesus, he knows every single one of us. Now, how many people have lived on this church, this earth, I don't know. But that's a lot of names to remember, and yet he knows every single name. We also, in this passage, can take confidence that we are secure in Christ because Jesus is the gatekeeper. And when it talks about Jesus being the gate, a lot of times shepherds, in order to protect their sheep, they would make a pen, or if even better, they could have some kind of dwelling or like a cave, and they could put all of the sheep in there, and literally the shepherd would position himself at the entrance to the gate. And sometimes, literally, he would sit and then lie down and sleep right in the middle so that he would make sure that the sheep did not get in or out. And if there was a thief or a robber or somebody, uh, especially like a wolf or a hyena, that wanted to bring harm, the shepherd could protect the sheep. And it's also interesting, too, that There's only one gate, as Jesus describes here. Anyone else who comes across and tries to hop the fence or tries to dig through is a thief or a robber. They're not the true gatekeeper. One thing as well, if there's only one gate entrance, what does that mean as well? What is it saying? Is it possible that salvation is only through Christ who is the gate, the door? In fact, Acts 4.12 says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And even John 14.16 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We're going to talk about that in a few weeks. I'm excited for that. So Jesus is not only the gatekeeper, but also salvation. And we can take security in knowing that. There is no other entrance into the sheepfold. And yet we also find that the hired hand is not as truly invested in the sheep compared to the shepherd. When you look at a shepherd's life, for instance, Tim Smith, he writes this, being a shepherd, it's a full-time commitment. Sheep are helpless to defend themselves against attack from their natural enemies, lions, bears, wolves, hyenas, and foxes, which can come in both the day and night, so there is never a moment that a shepherd can relax. Sheep must be led to green grass and cool water, groomed when when parasites get in their nose and eyes and leeches in their throats, 
from the water. Shepherds must always be on the move because if not, they will overgraze the hill. And water is critical for sheep. In Israel's semi-arid land, shepherds must dig cisterns in the soft limestone by dry riverbeds called wadis to catch the water from flash floods during the rainy season. They are usually 15 by 10 foot wide and need to be plastered able to hold the water. If not, a rock, small rock dam must be built to direct some of the flood, flood waters into the cistern, which will hold water perhaps for several months or until summer heat evaporates it. Shepherds will use water in ponds and lagoons first to water to save the water in the cisterns or later in the year. And there's the thing about sheep. They have no idea how much the shepherd works so hard to keep them safe and well cared for. Amen? Amen. Is it possible that we take uh, advantage? We don't even understand the enormity of what God has done for us. I know for you, especially as parents, <laughs> you work hard for your kids, right? Sometimes we as kids, we don't always appreciate how hard you work. And much like a shepherd, parents are shepherding their children, leading and guiding and molding them. Amen? Amen. So, there's a difference between the hired hand and the shepherd. The shepherd is willing so much so that eventually, as we'll, we'll talk about, the shepherd is willing to lay his life down. But the hired hand, he's just a hired hand. He's going to get paid his wage. And if, his, if he, is he willing to give his life up for the sheep? Probably not. When you look at, for instance, fast food, if you Google or Yelp, actually, let's Yelp, Yelp a restaurant, major fast food restaurant, for instance, McDonald's. How high are the ratings usually for McDonald's? Not very high usually, right? To be honest, I don't think I've seen a a McDonald's above a three. And and the fact is, it's a corporation. So the workers, and I'm not saying that they're bad workers, they work hard. But yet, compared to somebody who's just opening their restaurant for the very first time, or maybe even the fourth time, they're trying to succeed. The difference between work ethics and, and, and what's on the line is vastly different. Because a person, for instance, who works at Taco Bell or uh, McDonald's will get paid what they're going to pay. Maybe they'll have some health benefits. And then they go home and they continue. Maybe they're going to go to school. Maybe they're going to take care of their family. Maybe they're just trying to get by. Whereas uh, a guy I know, he, he owns a... Uh, a sandwich place, a burger place called Cafe Cola in Glendora. This is his fourth time trying to make this work. And he's invested in everything he can, his money, his time, his resources, because he wants to make this place not only work, he wants to make it great. And he works very, very hard. We find that the shepherd is intentional and is all in to protect and care for the sheep, whereas the hired hand, he's a hired hand. He may not want to give up his life for the sheep. And when trouble comes, the shepherd, the true shepherd, will stay regardless. So the hired hand may not be as willing to give his life for the sheep, but we find the shepherd is willing to give his life for the sheep. 
predators, at times wolves or foxes, whatever it may be, will try to get into the sheep pen, disrupt, perhaps, to, to kill or to maim. And possibly just, they're hungry. But the shepherd protects and is willing to give his life for the sheep. In verse 16, it says as well, I have other sheep that are not of this pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. I was reading, I think it's John Pauline or Jan Pauline says this, that if a sheep, if a person truly desires to come to God, Jesus will not reject them. And as we, if we were to continue to read in the book of John in chapter 19, Christ who was falsely accused, falsely imprisoned, and ultimately gives his life for the sheep. He rests on the Sabbath and on Sunday rises. So much so that the shepherd In verse 17, the reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. And it's here that in his death, he he has actually conquered sin. He has conquered death. And as he rises... He offers the opportunity to live a life through him, through the Holy Spirit, and that we can live a life of peace, that we don't live a life where it's just we're going through the motions, but that we have a God who truly loves us and redeems us. The shepherd is willing to give his life for the sheep and already has. Do you choose to follow the shepherd's leading. The final question for today is, which voices are you listening to? In a world that is so full and inundated with messages every single day, hundreds if not thousands of messages, something as simple as reading uh, the news or listening to the radio or watching TV or checking your, your feed, there are so many messages inundating us every day. And what is your priority? Are you focused on how many likes you can get for a post? Are you listening to the game all day? What is holding your interest? Or do you take time and intentionally pray and listen to the shepherd's voice? And my prayer is that daily you will read, you will seek, you will pray and follow God's leading, that I may listen and follow the shepherd, and that the shepherd may grant you life, a full and a great life. Not a life of drudgery and in the challenging times of hardship, but that you may have joy in hardship and confidence knowing that God is with you, protecting you, leading you, and guiding you. So enter the gate with thanksgiving, knowing that God has saved you.
and may you be led by his strong voice. Father in heaven, we pray that as we move forward, Lord, may we take faith and heart in you that you have already overcome and won the battle. And that, Lord, as we go day by day, may we trust in you to follow your leading and example, to apply the principles and the lessons that you've uh, left with us daily so that we as well can be a blessing to others. Father, forgive us where we have sinned because we are sinners. But yet, Lord, you died for us, and it is only because of you is salvation possible. And as we continue forth, Lord, help us to be faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www.downeychurch.org. God bless.